James, what did you think of the Wiggles when you were about five? Oh, I loved them. You know that. Mm, yeah, yeah. And as a child, spiritually, do you think you owned most of your toys? I owned them, I guess, spiritually, but like my parents paid for them all, so it was really them. Yeah, right. And during the global financial crisis, did you own any investment properties in southern Los Angeles? When I was 10? No, Walt, I didn't. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Interesting. Wait, are these security questions? Are you trying to break into my bank account? No, I'm writing trivia questions. Oh, and they're all about me? Yeah, sure, James. You can have all of them. Okay, um, I didn't ask you to give them to me. I asked why you were writing them? You, they belonged to you, James. You were the owner. Uh, okay, all of them are mine. I don't- No, James, they belonged to you. Past tense. Fine, then I owned all of them. All of them were mine. Why are you being Got so- Got it! What the hell? And during the global financial crisis, did you own any investment properties in southern Los Angeles? Oh, I loved them. I owned them. All of them were mine. What the hell? I didn't say that! You're gonna rot in that cell, young man! <laughs> Probably one of my favourite intros we've ever done. Mm. I think that's gold. It is just a bummer that you are going to jail. I Well, I mean, look, I did own at least four um, investment properties. <laughs> I also had Angeles. little green houses on some and a red hotel on some other I ones. see yeah. where you're going. <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> Twizzle moustache and my monocle falls off. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> Welcome to the Get Commanded podcast by the Greensboro Commander community. It's the GCP by the GCC and POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast. We're all uniting forces to help you to have better games of Commander. I'm your host, Walt. And hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James. We're on episode 50! We are! This is such a big milestone. I can't believe it, honestly. Like, it's been more than a year because we didn't make weekly episodes for a while. So yes. we passed that milestone a couple months ago now. Three months ago, I think. Yeah, but April. But episode 50 feels like a big, oh, yeah. big spot for us to be it's in. It's huge. We've it's done like this 50 times. 50 times. That's I can't incredible. believe it. Like, sometimes I think about some of the episodes that came out like only a few months ago and it's like yeah that was like 20 you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, and I also now think that, like, there are topics that we've done way back, like episode seven and eight. Mm. We probably need to revisit them because times mm. are changing. Yeah, I think we'll have to do that at some point, yeah. like, do a little revisiting thing. Should we revisit the, the elusive episode one that isn't oh. on any streaming services? <laughs> I mean, we have ironically visited that topic a few times. Kind of, Indirectly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Well, well, look, before we get to that transmission, we should shout out the best way to support us so we can make 50 more of these wonderful episodes for you. A hundred more. Yeah. 200 more. More. Uh, At least six more. 
At least six. <laughs> Fund our next six episodes on Patreon at patreon.com slash getcommandedpodcast. It's the best way to support what we do so we yeah. can make more stuff for you. Yes, but the green light, it'd be blinking. Yeah, I wonder what they've got in store for us for our 50th episode. I'm pretty excited. All right. I, I know, I've read the... I've read oh, the, you've read... Oh, yeah, I know. Rude. Um, it's an incoming transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the Space Commanders. It's time to get commanded. We have collated the ponderings and musings of your human audience. We require an understanding of the way in which your audience is affected by your broadcasts, and vice versa. It's the Q&A episode! Oh, we knew this was coming. The Space Commanders asked us to ask all of these lovely human listeners, which they weirdly specified. They did say that. Just please let us know if any of you aren't human. Yeah. um, I guess the Space Commanders. Yeah, but like... We don't know what they are. Do you reckon if someone signs up to the Space Commander tier on Patreon... They they stop being human? Yeah, become an alien? Probably. That's freaky, man. Let's get to the questions. That's that's scaring the crap out of me. I'm so excited. We got so many of them. I think this has to be at least a couple episodes. I reckon we can do half of them this episode, Mm -hmm. half in the next. I reckon that should cover us. Yep. So 51 will also be the second half of the Q&A. Yes. It'll probably... It'll be the fourth Q&A episode, because we've done this before. (laughs) We've also done two of them. So this is Q&A three. Yep. Anyway, whatever. You ask us questions, we're going to answer them. So, and thank you for sending yeah. them all through. We were like genuinely overwhelmed with how much you guys wanted to know about us and also what our opinions on magic yeah. were. And some really good questions. Like, I, I'm actually really excited to answer. There some. are a couple of ones in here where I had to like resist talking to people about when they asked because yeah. they're so juicy. But yeah. Finally, get to talk about them. Yes, Finally. and all of you can have the answers that you've been seeking from us. So, let's get cracking. Um, question one. Question one is from our friend Julian, who... It's a bit of a lengthy one, but he says, When is it okay to use Armageddon in a deck? So, this is the, <laughs> oh the sorcery for three in a white that says destroy all lands. That's yeah. all the text on the card. It's not a card we see very often, but he, he gives him some more context here, so I'll read it out. He said, I'm building a three-color Jar- Jared True Air deck but I want to avoid the regular traps of I pump all my creatures and close out the game. Mm-hmm. I understand throwing down Armageddon in, the, in Armageddon in the middle of everyone building up their board is a bit rude, yeah. but if you're ahead and Armageddon is a way to stay ahead, it seems no different to stacks or keeping counterspells ready for unexpected responses. Interesting justification there, Julian. It actually sounds a bit like how when we talk, spoke about win more cards. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Although I suppose... Well, it's iffy, because it can be a wing con. And to be honest, I think my answer to this, the first thing I want to say, is that I actually don't mind a mass land destruction spell if it obviously ends the game the moment it resolves. So, in your situation that you're proposing, if it Mm -hmm. resolves and you win the game on that turn kind of deal, then it's it's okay? I would extend it a little further, I think. If, like, I'm, I'm including in this mm-hmm. the, the scenario where someone blows up all the lands and they're obviously so far ahead that there's no way you're going to catch up to them. So the mm-hmm. game is effectively over and everyone can just go, cool, okay, we can cool. see you the game is over. Win. So, like, in, in like I've seen people do this before where they've said in the rule zero, I'm playing Armageddon in the deck. 
I will only cast it when I have a board state where I can recover from it and I can have insurmountable advantage and sure. none of you will be able to rebuild from it. So in other words, I'm only going to cast it at a time in the game when I, I, I have the game yep. once it resolves. I, I 100% get what you're saying here. I do want to rewind where you did say you referenced our win more card episode that we did just yep. maybe like three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I think in this context, Armageddon is a win more card. If you've got a board mm. state that's beating face and closing out the game and you're casting Armageddon to make sure no one can rebuild, Yeah, it's a win more card, right? Yeah. I mean, you might as well be casting like Solitary Confinement at that point, right? Yeah. Just, just like, no no damage gets dealt to you. Yeah. Uh, you've got Shroud. Like, that's that's doing effectively the same thing of saying, no touchy, you know? I've got, yeah. my, I've got my stuff ready. I think, I, I will say, so I'm differentiating my opinion a bit here. Mm-hmm. So that, I, I'll, say, I'll stand by what I said before. Happy for the lands to get blown up if the game is over. Yep. I'm not happy with it in any other capacity. Because the usual play pattern here is someone blows up all the lands and then it's like, okay, now we just have like 30 more minutes of this game. Yeah, it extends the At game At least, out. if not like an, an extra hour. You yeah, know? I'll admit to kind of doing this way back in the day, early days of Commander. Mm-hmm. I used to play Impending Disaster in a very artifact-based deck, which <laughs> Impending Disaster is another <sighs> land, uh, land destruction card, but it's an enchantment that has like time counters on it. I think? I think I think it just says at the beginning of your upkeep, or maybe it's your end step. If there's five or more lands on the battlefield, sacrifice impending disaster. Yeah, destroy all it lands, has to I meet think. a condition or something. Maybe I'll, get I'll pull it up. I'm pretty sure it cares about the number of lands, but I'm going to check that. But I used to run it in that artifact that my Dalakos deck way back when, and yeah. I just ran at so many rocks that the idea was that I could blow up all the lands, and then I would have mana because I still had mana rocks available. Yeah, because um, everyone else in my pod at the time was really running land ramp, so. I used to run it, but it also was one of those things that it would resolve, blow up all the lands, and it would be like, right, now we have to wait 30 minutes until James can find a win. Yeah. And I... The win wasn't obvious on board, so it was like, okay, I guess we're playing it out. The game's just got an extra 30 minutes on it. It just Um, I have it up here, by the way. Impending Disaster, for one in a red, you get an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if there are seven or more lands on the battlefield, sacrifice Impending Disaster and destroy all lands. So that's... Yeah, it's upkeep. So I I remember it used to have to at least make it back to my turn for it to happen. you also couldn't play around it. It was like, okay, no. we're on turn three. You've got three lands in play. I've got three lands in play. I'm not going to like bounce a land. Yeah. So if, even if I skip my land drop, if we just get to your turn, you play your next land. Cool. We go around again. Skadoosh. Back to your turn. Yeah. yeah. Blows up. It's yeah. like impossible to play around. Yeah. Look, I also want to highlight when we're talking about land destruction that balance is a, what's considered a signpost ban yeah, so this on the is, ban list. This is that in, that sorcery for one and a white that says each player sacrifices, basically everyone, everyone sacks down, down to the lowest number of lands a player controls. Well, of each type of permanent. So it's the same for enchantments, oh, yeah, creatures, creatures, artifacts. So it's true. like, and it's for one and a white. It's extremely efficient, but the most important one is yes. If you've got one land in play and you cast yeah. balance, everyone sacks down to one land. The wild thing is I'm more okay with balance than Armageddon. Because what? it keeps lands on the battlefield. And yeah. it's like basically a board wipe as well. Yeah. Like if you've got no creatures. And, but it's it, true. I think it's fairer because I think that balance brings everyone to a balance as the mm. word is said. But I'm not bringing it up because I think it should be unbanned or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. I'm highlighting it because the, the card balance is meant to be there as a banned card to signpost mm. other cards that are similar. So we talked about this a lot on our ban list episodes, but yeah. the ban list doesn't necessarily say we are going to ban all cards that are problematic for Commander because no. Commander's got literally the largest card pool you could ever have. Yeah, It's saying that we put these cards in place to say 
this is how we advise you to have your rule zero conversations and pre-game yeah. discussions. So balance is there to say land destruction, kind of not cool in this format, but yeah. have the conversation in your playgroup. So mm. my really way to get around this question is talk to your playgroup about it. Uh, yeah. If you if your friends are okay with playing it, then you go for it. Yeah, and, and I'll say, like, if you played against me in a game and you said to me, I'm playing this Jared True air deck, mm-hmm. I will cast Armageddon... If I have the lead and I know no one's going to catch up, I'd be mm-hmm. cool with that. To be honest, I think Jared True Air as a deck is not one where I can imagine it's very easy for you to get so far in the lead that I can't see the win. Yeah. So I think this is the kind of time where when you cast Armageddon, you're just adding 30 extra minutes to the game and making yeah. everyone a little bit frustrated. That's mm. that's my vibe. But yeah, I totally agree with you. The main thing is talk to your playgroup. If they're cool with it, just play it. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah. If you're going to events like Command Fest or even just to your local game store outside your usual kitchen table group or whatever, yeah. Um, I think it's like the first thing you do when you rule zero a conversation. Yeah. With is the, this okay? Is like, I have a land destruction spell. If no one's okay with it, I've actually done this a million times with my decks that run cards that people hate. Mm. Um, I used to do it in my Zaxara deck. Um, I used to have Freed from the Real. Yeah, which goes infinite with Zaxara and on to mana. Get infinite yeah. mana. And I used to say, hey, I've got an infinite mana combo in here. If we don't like that, I will just turn it over and it's a basic forest now. Yeah. I even have, for a little while, I had an actual sideboard, basically. Like, I'd have oh, my commander, yeah. the 99 cards in the deck, some tokens, and I would have, like, three or four other cards in there. And it didn't happen very often, but sometimes when I used to play my Azord Lawbringer deck, when it went through its weird Staxi iteration. Oh, yeah, that bizarre. Yeah. I used to pull it out and I'd say, like, okay, these are, like, the five pretty key Stax pieces here. And people would be like, oh, I don't know. And I'd be like, that's cool. I'll take all of them out and sub in these other five synergy pieces yep. instead. I think that's actually a really easy way to get around building what you want to build, but ensuring that you're not going to a place like a game store or a event where you then can't play a deck because no one wants to play with you. Yeah. Yeah. You can build what you want to build. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Question one done. Yeah. Question two. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from our friend Nick, who we have actually um, referenced on the podcast, part of our uh, local game store. Um, what's worse, stacks or land destruction? Ooh. So uh, we just discussed land destruction, but there's a sub question to this where it's, where he asks, which one do you personally dislike more and which is worse for the format? Interesting. Uh, they are two different questions. They are two different questions. Um, so I think I can answer the one I personally dislike. That's a lot easier for me because I never see land destruction. Like yeah, ever. well, you can't. It's, since since we started like introducing really robust rule zero conversations mm-hmm. at our local game store, the overall the meta has improved a lot there. I would say where people are just generally playing less cards that make people upset, and it's all because of the get commanded. <laughs> it's not only us, obviously. <laughs> no, we have a great game store. We do have a great game store with a lot of great people in it. But yeah, we've we've also been big champions of mm. rule zero, and I think it's made a big difference there in a good way. Um, so yeah, we don't really see land destruction like ever really at our game store. So I don't have as big of a problem with it because I haven't really seen it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of stacks, I have personally argued on this podcast. Yeah, in, you got on your soapbox a little bit on this. I did. In the stacks threshold episode, yeah. I said that probably we should be seeing... I think we should. it would be healthy for us to see slightly more soft stacks 
in Commander. Wow, so you're almost flipping it. Because Nick asked, what's worse for the format? You're yeah. saying a little bit of stacks might be good for the format. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I look, I think soft stacks. And we in yeah. that episode, we broke down how we spoke about what we consider stacks. So, like, we talked about the what's the thing that it's preventing you from doing. And yeah. then depending on how bad it is for that to be prevented, that's how soft or hard the stacks piece is. And so also like, how easy is it to play around. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if, if there's something that says you can't untap, like stasis, yeah. how are you playing around that? You can't. Yeah. And also how important is it you to, for you to untap? extremely important. It's the first thing you do on your turn. Yeah, so I'm not saying let's see more stasis, yeah. but I, in that episode I said, like, confounding conundrum, for instance. The That's fun. Enchantment yeah. for one in a blue, ETBs you draw a card. Most importantly, it says, whenever a land enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, if they've had another land into the battlefield under their control this turn, they return a land they control to their hand. So landfall still happens if someone's yeah. playing a landfall deck, but if someone casts explosive vegetation and plays a land that turn, they have to bounce two lands to their hand. So it just slows down the green ramp player a little bit yeah. and says let's just chill it out a little bit yeah and i've played a little bit of it in my decks and I, it's been mostly well received and i've actually quite enjoyed it in my deck so right. yeah i think for me i personally dislike maybe land destruction more but i haven't really seen it and i think it is worse for the format land destruction because of what i said before it makes games too long i completely agree with you that land destruction is worse for the format on a whole i mm -hmm. think i don't yeah you've, you've spoken on that yeah um I would say personally, I dislike stacks more, but I'm, uh, after hearing what you just said, I agree with you that soft stacks is healthy for the format, mm. but I'm specifically thinking, cause I just rebuilt my Liesa Shroud of Dusk deck. Yeah. Um, I used to have that as a death and taxes deck and I used mm. to run Dranith Magistrate. I used yeah. to run a lot of like, you, you can't, can't cast, cast more than, more than, than one, one rule of laws. Yeah. The, the wild thing about that was I was just like, I, this deck, I want to be mean. I, when mm. I built it, it was very much the, I want a mean deck that no one likes. Yeah. And I want to build it as like a bit of a case study. And I played it with people that were comfortable playing with it. Mm. But very quickly, I shelved the deck, never played it much at all. And then yeah. I was like, why don't I like this? Well, personally... I wouldn't like going up against it. Yeah. I also never see anyone have fun when I play it. So mm. I'm going to rebuild it. What's the problem with it? Okay. Liesa says every time a player casts a spell, they lose two life. Mm -hmm. Hang on a minute. Shouldn't I be incentivizing people to cast yeah. more spells? Because it kills them. Yeah. Why am I playing rule of law? Yeah. Or like the um, the Archon of... Archon of Amiria? Amiria, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like why am I playing these cards? I yeah. should want people to cast a million spells. Yeah, it's true. So I rebuilt the deck mm. to basically be there are still some tax effects in there. So yeah. if you don't pay two extra mana, I get a treasure from Smothering Tithe. Yeah. Or if you don't pay two, I can copy your spell with Wandering Archaic. Yeah, there's also like um, Kam Kambal, I think his name is. Which is just another drain effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of that kind of like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you have to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. and the other thing that I've now realized is the deck's theme now is do whatever you'd like, just don't look at me when you get punished because all of it was on board. Mm. So like I now run in that deck a disciple of the vault because oh. I can, I can say like, Hey, you've got a bunch of treasures. You go for it. Yeah. But if they're you gonna do, damage they're going to ping you for one yeah, as well. That's so the whole point of the deck now is like, I'm letting people do what they want. And only if they realize that it's going to kill them yeah. and they don't, or they have to play around it. Like all the tax and stacks effects of play around a bull mm. is what I'm saying. So for you, you, 
were okay with playing stacks and being up against it, but you sort of realized it wasn't a lot of fun. Yeah. And so you're sort of moving away from it. So, and you said you generally just don't like stacks. Yeah. And all hard stacks. Right. I okay. think like, yeah, the, the winner orbs, the stasis the, yeah. And also just like, you know, decks that run so many tax effects that it's like a lockout. Like for oh, example, yeah. if you're running a Talia, another Talia, and another thing that makes non yeah, just Grand Arbiter, Augustine. it's like, oh my god, okay, can we actually play the game, or yeah. are you just telling us to pay our taxes? Yeah, yeah. But I've moved away from that into more soft stacks, and I would agree. I think it's healthy, mm. and especially the way I've built the deck with things like, you know, and also it's other cards, especially in that one drop slot. I run the Soul Sisters. That whenever a creature yep. enters the battlefield, I gain a life. Yeah. So it's not all if you do stuff, it's bad for you. Some of it, it's if you, you do, do stuff, it's good for me. Yeah, like you're so go ahead. Me out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost a bit group hug-ish in that way. I would love to buy a couple more like group hug cards for the deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I, I need to buy a singles order. I think yep. soon. So w- yeah. what's the, the verdict here then? So we put per- stacks versus land destruction. Which do we personally dislike more? I think I said stacks. Because I don't really see land destruction. Well, you said you personally dislike land destruction, but okay, you didn't but, really see it, so you can't yeah, make a full judgment. So not so sure, and yeah. you're probably what for you personally. You you, I think stacks. I think hard stacks. I hate sure. Um, soft stacks. I enjoy, and I think is good for the format. Okay, and then for, but I think for, for, land destruction is way worse for the format. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and I think the reason we haven't seen any land destruction cards in years yeah. is because it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I think people realize yeah. pretty quickly that it's not a good time. Yeah, right. for sure. Our next question is from Ben, a uh, good friend, Ben, who also is in our play group. Ben said, is CEDH the least quote, feel bad EDH format? Mm. There is a clear and defined rule zero. Games are fast and interactive. And if you're playing proxies, it's extremely cheap to play. I I agree with you, Ben. Um, least feel bad way to play Commander? Least feel bad way to play Commander. Because it, it completely circumnavigates Rule Zero. Mm. Um, you're not going to have a Rule Zero because the Rule Zero is, I'm going to try and win. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I think I disagree... And well, you're not saying that it's the best way to play Commander. You're just saying it's the, the least, least feel, feel bad. bad. The, 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 I guess what you're, it's yeah. not the same as saying it's the most feel good, right? Yes, it's, it's the two least bad, which is not the same as being the most good. Yeah, I think the one thing I want to highlight is CDH is a mindset and a like a meta game, not mm. a format. Yes. So it's still Commander, mm-hmm. and it's still a way to enjoy Commander. The only thing I think that this question is missing is some subtext to describe the fact that commander is fun because of everything else around the gameplay which mm. is the brewing aspect of building yeah. your deck tinkering with your deck and all that kind of stuff cdh very rarely gets that cdh mm. is very like here's your database you can change like a couple of cards if you want yeah um and you have to make really strong arguments and really like you have to test it and see it work a billion times for a conclusion to be made about yeah. a certain card. There's no pet cards in CDH. No, none at all. But that's like one of the things I love about Commander, yeah, right? Me too. I yeah. love being able to play Dragon Spark Reactor in Tornos and manage to copy it 20 times. Mm. That's not a CDH deck. No yeah. way in hell is it CDH. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, I agree with you that the feels bad does not exist in CDH. Like mm, I've played. Way less, yeah. And I've played a lot of CDH recently. I've played a lot of CDH 
where I have done terribly mm-hmm. and I still feel fine. Like, yeah. uh, if I play, like, two, three hours of Commander with casual decks and I lose every single game and then my decks don't work, mm-hmm. I feel like crap. Yeah. If I play three hours of CDH and I play 28 games... Um, <laughs> <laughs> also and, appealing, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, but I lose every single one of them, I don't feel as bad. If anything, mm. I, like, after every game, it's like an academic study of what yeah. happened in the game i think there's just there's less hang-ups with a game that mm. is shorter right like you just have far less time to stew on your mistakes yeah because the game's probably gonna end look um i think for me i i don't love this as a question because <laughs> i think it's like dodging like the biggest peril of casual commander is rule zero yeah so it's like yes of course it's the least feel bad way to play commander when there's no rule zero at all it, it's sort of like saying that the easiest meal to cook without eggs is porridge it's like you you were never gonna you were never gonna need eggs in the first no, place. No, you don't cook porridge with eggs. No, so, so it's not like, yeah. like like someone's like, oh, I really want to find a way to make this meal egg free, and someone's like, cool, just have just have porridge. And it's like great. That's not the meal. That's I wanted. That's not the meal. I was asking how to cook without eggs. You I know? wanted to make an omelet yeah. without eggs. Yeah. How do I do that? Make porridge. Yeah. I don't want porridge. <laughs> exactly. I think, yeah, um, no, that's, that's, that's my thing. I, yeah. I actually do agree. I think it's the least feel bad way to play, but I also think it's like a little disingenuous because a good rule zero in a casual commander game is can, fantastic. Can make the game yeah. like as good and as feel good and better in my, for me at least, yeah. than CDH. I will argue as well that I play a lot more CDH than you do. You do. Uh, I've, I'm on a Australian CDH Discord. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I competed play, in the uh, Dockside Debacle tournament. I'll be competing in Dockside Debacle 2. Ooh, coming exciting. Up 26th yeah. of August. Is this going to come out before? It will then? come out before. It, before that. Come yeah. Out. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so catch me uh, on Spell Table yeah. online on that server. Nice. Um, I might link their server in the show notes yeah, do if they it. want to watch go for it um but yeah you don't play nearly as much as i do so no. i get what ben's saying here because mm. yes you never ever have people getting tilted or upset in cdh not never ever but but way, way less, less common yeah and i think that cdh is great for that reason for yep. sure I, I i do agree with that i was, yeah. just, I was more just like being like hey this question though <laughs> this it's missing something it's yeah. missing the the focus on that casual commander is is fun yes. you just have to make sure and yeah. also rule infinity just while we're on the topic mm. i think if you're experiencing some feel bads have rule infinity conversations mm. and if you don't know what we mean by rule infinity there's an episode for that go it's back one and of listen. the 50 <laughs> yeah go back and listen to that it's basically the post game discussion yeah is essentially what it is how do you wrap it all up yeah yeah for sure do make everyone th- feel better Read this next one for us? Sure. This one's from Matt. Uh, what type of magic pods do you like the most? Um, competitive, high power, social, etc. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think I think for me, it's mostly about the social dynamics of who I'm playing with, less yeah. so than the power. I'm talking specifically because he said like competitive, high powered, social. I'm like, yep. okay, social is like a different word for me in there where it's like, Social pods are always what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then there's a separate, yeah, there's a separate discussion here to be had about power. So I like when players make actions in a reasonable time frame. Big fan of that. So I've been a really big fan of the commander clock recently for my casual games. And this is one thing I think I do like about slightly higher powered pods is there's just fewer game actions to make. So things just move forward a little bit faster. And people know their decks so well in high powered pods. Yeah. They tend to. So yeah, look, I'll say in terms of like the vibe, always a social pod that's going to make way more of a difference than what the decks I'm playing are. Mm -hmm. So like, are we 
chatting? Are we bantering? What's that like? And then in terms of power level for me, I probably mostly enjoy like mid-ish powered games, like not pre-cons or sort of new players trying out stuff, but not high powered and not CDH, like sort of around the middle. Um, most of my decks when I build them just tend to land here. Building I on a budget generally makes that happen. Yeah, I sort of like extremely optimize within a budget. So yeah. I end up at a spot where it's like the deck is good, but not great. Yeah. Um, so those are sort of the kind of pods that I tend to like the most. How about you? I completely agree about the social thing. Um, I'm always looking for social games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to sit down to play a game of Commander and not have banter and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I've been playing a lot of CDH and high powered games recently. Mm-hmm. I've managed to play my Yuriko deck more frequently which is something I was complaining about maybe 10 episodes ago that I don't get to play it enough and thankfully people listened and were like hey I've got this like prosh deck do you want to play against (laughs) that I'm like hell yeah nice um so I would say that I generally like a bit more high powered if I could choose Mm -hmm. like if if I could choose every single pod but I do get a lot of satisfaction out of playing like I built my bear deck for example to Mm. be very specifically mid tier level power so I can play in games where you're playing your weird human type list, yeah. it, you know, like I want to be able to play in games where my friends are at. So yeah, yeah, I would say like just based on my observations of you, I reckon you crave a little more variation in power than I do. Like I could probably yeah. play, I could seriously go to the game store and if I was playing with people that I liked, I could play just mid-ish powered games for all night and I'd yeah. be totally fine whereas I feel like you play a couple and you're I like bounce pods actually a lot. is someone, anyone playing CDH I <laughs> do, might cram a game I know? do bounce pods a lot and I do find that like I'll play like two games with like beginners and then jump in a CDH game yeah um, the other thing I do want to shout out with this question yeah you spoke a little bit about how you like playing with people who take efficient turns yeah in my uh, my play group with Matt, Ben and Brad um, we have a saying that where if someone's taking a long time on their turn we have this like gentle reminder that's kind of like a bit of a bit of that masculine male bullying okay. kind of thing, and we just all like watch them think, and then one of us will go, God, I love efficient turns." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's become a bit of a catchphrase in wow. our casual just, games. Just a little poke of yeah. make a game action. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you making a game action? Do it. Um, <laughs> good one, Matt. Uh, next question is from Adam. Adam asks us, what artists would you like to see featured in Magic's art? Whether it be Secret Lair, Main Set, Showcase, etc. Oh my god, what a question. Right? Uh, Can I say Theo? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Theo did, um, my partner did the artwork for the Get Commanded podcast. Yeah, and has done some really amazing commissions that I've seen recently. Yeah. I'd be happy to see Theo's art on a Magic card. Dustbin Raccoon on Instagram and Mm. everywhere else, link in the show notes, but... I, thinking of, like, actually trying to think about, like, an art style I'd love to see on Magic Cards, I would love to see, like, you know Tim Burton films? Whoever does the art for Tim Burton films? I'd love to have a Tim Burton secret layer. Oh, yeah. Maybe, like, one of the animators. Like, like an animating studio for yeah. one of his animated films that he's, like, I'm thinking, on. like, you know, the Nightmare Before Christmas yeah, kind that, of vibes. Yeah, that art style yeah. would be cool. I think it would look really cool on, uh, like, Innistrad. Like, if they redid, oh, like... Oh, like an Innistrad, but, like, the set Nightmare boosters Before Christmas. are, like, Nightmare Before Christmas. That could be fun. That'd be sick. That and would like, be cool. I think Midnight Hunt tried to do that with, like, the movie poster thing. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah, no not... one likes those cards. No, I don't see anyone be like, oh, look, it's that. <laughs> this black and white card. That... Yeah. 
I think it's green. Yeah. Um, I think it's a green um, creature. Not well received. No. Um, for me, I, I have no strong feelings. I don't have any, like... I don't follow a lot of visual artists in general, so I don't have any that I'm, like, hankering to see on Magic Cards. Mm. Um, I just want more styles of art. I've just loved how, how diff- with all the different showcases they've done recently, like yeah. Stained Glass. I've re- even really picked up a couple of the... Um, Phyrexian, like, black and white ones the they did. oil thing. Yeah, those He's, look really sweet. Yeah, Theo's got one of the one of those. I think it's Azuri, the Simic Azuri. Oh, and yeah. That, it looks so cool. I just picked up a Vran, you know, the one that when a creature dies, each opponent loses two life, you gain two life, happens only once a turn. Yeah, like I don't weird. think you're pronouncing that right, but I, yeah. Is uh, it Vran? Oh, is it U's or A's? I thought it was Vran. I thought it was Varun. Varun? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, I that, know that guy. Doing, we yeah. all know who we're talking about. Um, I just want more, more, I think it's really yeah. cool that they're doing that. Like having, I know there's the meme lately about like, oh my God, there's too many different versions of cards and But that I get allows it. you to make it yours. You can choose the one that you like the most in your deck. Yeah. And like, honestly, my experience recently is I build commander decks and I'm like, man, this card is so sick. And then I like go on Scryfall and look at all the different printings and I'm like, there's like so few choices. Like, yeah. like Sprout Swarm has like one or two printings ever. There's not like a secret lair. There's not like a. It's because ultimate only frame. you play. <laughs> You're the only one that plays Sprout Swarm. I just I don't know. I, I I love with recent cards that come out where I pick up a card and I'm like, this looks so cool. And then I'm like, I, what can I find online? And they're like a dollar for like an extended art like foil. Yeah. You know, stained glass version. That's and it's like I will obviously play with that gorgeous thing instead. Yeah. So. I, for me, it's just, I just want more styles of art. Yeah. Have you seen the ones that they're doing for the new Wilds of Eldraine set? I don't that, know that I have. So you know how Strixhaven had the mystical archives? Oh, I saw. They've, they've featured like Ristic Studies Ristic Study, Necropotence. That Whoa. looks amazing. It's got like this witch hand on a skull with like smoke coming out. Cool. It's so cool. The art on those cards looks really great. Yeah. yeah. I think what would be really cool for Wizards to do would be a, like a secret lair made by fans. Like, because you know how, like, you know, Theo, for example, just, like, draws some magic art because they like the characters whatnot. But, yeah. like, thousands of people do that around the world. How yeah. sick would it be to have, like, a competition where, like, fans can post their art and get their art on an official magic card? That'd, That'd be, be great. Sick. I mean, they've done that before, but for card design. Like, there are cards mm. in Magic's game that at the very bottom say designed by and then the name of a fan. Yeah. Waste Not is a famous example. Um, Spirit Bonds. I think they're M15. There were, like, three or four of them. Yeah, Waste Not's incredibly powerful as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it as a concept as yeah. well. Like, it all is so flavorful and yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Next question uh, from Nick asking, what does our spell table setup look like and how does one go about setting one up? Well, this one, like, I think people, when they hear about spell table, are like, oh my God, this sounds so, like, overwhelming. I need, like, overhead lamps. Yeah, and all this stuff. And a crew. (laughs) There's really only two things that you need to decide on, in my opinion, to make a spell table setup. You have to decide what your camera is going to be. So if you've got a webcam, that's, like, a super obvious place to start. But a smartphone now works really well with spell table. Do it with your smartphone. That's what both me and James do. Yep. And then your second question is, how are you going to get your camera over your head? So usually what happens here is you're going to need some sort of mount, but you don't have to. Like I have used my monitor mount and then my webcam pointing downwards for games. Mm -hmm. That was perfectly serviceable. Um, But me and James both have bought, maybe I'll link it in the show notes. Um, from yeah. Amazon, there's like this weird phone mount thing that also has lamps built into it. Mostly, it's just the the la- the 
the fact that it raises above your head and points your camera straight down. Yeah. I think it's phone. it's made for like social media influencers because like it can yeah. like you can lay the base of it on the floor and have it at about head height to yeah. do like a makeup tutorial. Well, if and you, you can have that to. like nice warm lighting yeah. on your face as well. It's got like a few different lights in it, um, which I really like about the product. The fact oh, it's that it, really yeah. good. I I highly recommend it if people just I think they're going to play a lot of spell table. Pick yep. one up. It's only like fifty bucks or something. We'll link it in the show notes. We definitely yep. will. Um, but the other thing you can do, and we've played with people who've done this before. It's very easy to set up. You can use OBS Studio mm. um, to basically stream with to wherever you're playing, which can include Spell Table. Um, you stream your screen and you stream the Moxfield playtest feature, yeah. which has like everything that you need to actually play a game of Commander. And you and just then, crop your hand out of it. Yeah, you crop your hand, you crop any of the, the stuff that your opponents shouldn't be able to see. And you can make anything happen that you need to. You can like hit your library and go reveal five cards and it will reveal five cards. Like it, it does everything that you need it to do. Yeah, the only thing that I'd think about, I would try and go physical instead of streaming because streaming looks incredibly intimidating for someone. Yes. trying to set it up unless you're like whiz bang with computers and like if you've streamed on obs before and mm. know how the system works maybe just try and get a above headphone mount also shout out to some of like the really thrifty setups people do yeah some people like literally stack books on top of each other yeah and then put their phone on top and like have it hanging over the edge and just pointing down at your playmat yeah this that is, works totally fine this is what i mean once you know what your camera is and how you're going to get it overhead that's the whole problem solved that's yep. that's literally all you need to to play and um, then you can play spell table with me and what it's true and i would recommend if you are someone who like is feeling unconfident about it and wants some help hop in our discord server we have a spell table channel and like pretty much everyone who plays regularly in there will be able to talk you through setting yep. up so um, join us in there. You can add the role. I think it's at Spellslinger in yeah. the thing. And we have games going, you know, about once a week. Yeah. So. There's also some people that have like made tutorials in our Discord about how have to they? make a cardboard cutout phone mount for your. Oh, that's cute. It's really fun. Great. Very good. Awesome. Um, next question comes to us from Jordan. And he asks, are there any plans in motion for gameplay videos? Oh, not yet. We, mm. we have. If, if you're talking about plans, we have the goal of making gameplay uh, content in some capacity. Yes. Um, we're thinking that, like, the typical content that we see on YouTube is, like, the Command Zone Game Nights level. And that's just mm. not achievable for us. G no. Game Nights have, like, a crew of people. Like, it's mm. a film set. Like, yeah. It, there's multiple cameras, there's multiple lighting rigs, there's multiple microphones, mm. there is like an editor, there's a judge on hand. Yeah. It's like a big, big task. And that's who we're competing with. Like when you yeah. upload gameplay videos, there's not just like Command Zone, they're obviously the very tip yeah, of the top, but like everyone out there who has a big YouTube channel, like Slayer Community College, mm -hmm. like Spike Feeders, all of these people are releasing gameplay videos. They have like, even if we strip away the like actual you know, physical things that they have, like big lighting rigs yeah. and like really good cameras and stuff. They, the most important thing they have is they have paid professional editors. Yes. And cause you have to, cause you're editing an enormous amount of footage. Like think about how long a commander game goes for. Now imagine that sometimes you have to describe the actions that you'd make on your turn again. And sometimes you'll have to be like, oh no, you were like, you were leaning over the cat, like in front yeah. of your playmat, the camera didn't catch that. You needed to do that again. It's a whole day. Like yeah. think about like just from the perspective of us, 
us. I know you guys want to see it. I respect it so much. But think about for us, me and James both have a job. Yeah. We, we already set aside a good chunk of every week to write episodes, record them, and release mm-hmm. them. We would have to set aside a full day and then hire a professional editor and pay them a lot of money and give them a lot of time. And that would be one video. You yeah. know what I mean? Like most gameplay videos that you see online, you actually like, if you watched me and James play a game, you'd probably be like, actually, we want to see more of this. Understandably, we're, we're really cool. We're really entertaining, actually. <laughs> we're hilarious. But we'd be like, you know, we could release like one video a month and that would be like yeah. stretching us so much and we'd be spending Look, a lot of money. So. I, I'm going to jump in and say, I know that sounds very like gameplay content is never going to happen, mm. but we really, really want it to happen. We do. We're actually currently trying to figure out how we could potentially make a regular stream for yeah. Commander Games. Um, so we have a Twitch account, which we've streamed on before together mm. and you've done solo drafts by yourself. Yep. Um, thank you for everyone that's tuned into that draft as well that we did for Lord of the Rings. That was yeah. great fun. That was a really good time. But we're currently trying to figure out how we could potentially do a stream on Spell Table and yep. have some guests. Um, I'm currently messaging a few other content creators to maybe do like a little bit of a team up um so yeah gameplay is something that we really want to do as like a get commanded entity we want gameplay to be in our repertoire but it's a lot and i would actually like to stress here if you want it to happen there is ways to support it happening um like if you genuinely want to support this happening patreon is there it is actually listed on our patreon as like what we want to do with it Mm -hmm. um including merch including video content um we would love to make this podcast a video podcast to Mm. have like cameras so you can see walt spit water out when he can't drink from his drink (laughs) bottle on time and jump around (laughs) the room um if you want to see that happen support us um sharing our content and listening to our content does do a lot and we are so grateful um yeah send it to all of your friends mm. and if you can spare a little bit of money every month to support what we're doing yeah. we will love you forever and we will do our very best to make the content that you want to watch absolutely yeah absolutely well we've been talking for a good chunk of time now i think mm. it might be time for a thrifty interlude. A thrifty interlude episode 50 Still has thrifty interludes. They definitely it's do. Not we have lots of great questions left to answer from mm. that all of you have sent in. But let's hear a little something about a thrifty card. So as a tradition, I will be performing a monologue. This week, it's our friend the Cowled Merchant mm. with some new wares to, uh, to spruik to us. Would you like to read the card I'll be featuring this week, James? I sure would. It's Verdant Mastery. For five and a green, you'll get a sorcery that does say you may pay three and a green rather than play, pay this spell's mana cost. And you search your library for up to four basic land cards. Reveal them, put one of them onto the battlefield tapped under your control if the three and a green cost was paid, but to put two of them into the onto the battlefield tapped under your control and the rest into your hand, then shuffle. Do you feel like the world has trapped you in a perpetual mental haze? Like companies, social media, and worst of all, social media companies are all ganging up to keep you asleep while they steal from under your nose. Most importantly, do you want to do that to your friends? Look no further than Verdant Mastery, the card that gives you everything you need while giving your friends just enough of what they need to feel necessary and important so they won't notice your literal mountain of resources. Assign your friends some land but secretly hoard most of it for yourself. Like a real British aristocrat. Get budgeted! 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 budgeted. <laughs>
And like a real British bumbling buffoon. I misread that card. Oh. Uh, <laughs> that one of the lands come in tapped under your opponent's control. Yes. Yeah, so if you, if if you, you pay, pay three and a green, yeah. you give someone the one, one land, land tapped. You get two onto the battlefield tapped and one goes to your hand. Yeah. Or you can pay six and you always get two onto the battlefield tapped. But if you pay six, you get two into your hand. Instead. Yeah. It's explosive vegetations with more steps. Yes. Yeah. And look, for me... I think it's explosive. It's just better it, explosive vegetation I think because so too, yeah. giving one person one off-color land, especially if it then like uses as a political tool. Yeah, being like, "Hey, I'll give you this." Yeah, and like a land to hand means you can hit triple land drop in a landfall mm. deck or something. It's also, sick. if you give them an island and you've got an island walker, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, you can see these uh, in text form every Thursday on our Discord server in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. That Discord server is linked in the show notes, and you can see us bring some of these to life. In video form over on tiktok at get commanded so check us out on there if you'd like to see those ones yeah and some highlights of this podcast which will be coming out soon as well which yeah is exciting. definitely but let's get back to the question let's do it do you want to read the next one sure so this one comes from vidas who plays with us at our store mm-hmm. uh and he says I have been told by the pod I play with that my deck building is all right but my piloting is really good what should I do do I start with decks that they build and modify them to match power level? Even mm. when I build with a budget or play with decks built by other members of my pod, I still seem to win. What can I do to create a more even playing field? Mm. So this is a tricky one. Yeah. Um, a lot of the recommendations that I would normally have for an issue like this have already been mentioned. So specifically, I like building on a budget is a great way to downpower your Borrowing decks. Borrowing someone else's Borrowing deck. someone's decks, yeah. but... Vidas is still winning a lot. So what a terrible problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually totally respect him for coming out and saying it because yeah. it's a good thing to notice and a good thing to want to change about your your gameplay. Yeah, well we say if you're having good rule zeros and having good commander games, you should be winning 25% of the time. And it sounds like he might be winning a little bit more than that. Yeah. So good to have clocked that, good to want to change it. Um, what I would say is it sounds like there probably are two things you can do. One is to change your focus when you're piloting the deck. So this mm. is kind of downpowering your piloting rather than your deck building. Yeah. So you don't have to make the most optimal choice all the time. Make when you're the playing. dumb fun play. Make the dumb fun play. And also like try building your deck so that it has a quote win con that isn't actually a win con like just a, an achievement to unlock like yeah. let's say you're building a plus one counters deck and your achievement that you want regardless of winning is putting a hundred counters on one creature consider this like you know the xbox achievements that comes up when yeah. you're playing a video game and you're like yeah i haven't won the game but i did a thing exactly like that so you can think about building a deck like that and then playing with that as your win condition so it like kind of down powers your choices a bit you don't yeah. have to make the best choice in that way um but the other thing that i would say is that you've mentioned like trying to build a deck that's about the same power level as the people you're playing with. Mm-hmm. If you're winning all the time, and this is something I've experienced because I am also reasonably good at piloting and have played a lot of Commander. He's just such good magic player. <laughs> <laughs> but you ha- actually have to bring, if you're going to play with people who aren't quite as experienced as you, um, just haven't played as much magic, don't have as much awareness as you do, you actually need to play with a deck that is worse than their deck. Yeah. Not the same power level, because if you, it makes sense, right? Everyone's yeah. got the same power level deck one person's got way more experience that person's gonna win way more of the time i think this is something that because like i was gonna say like have stronger rule zero conversations make sure all the power levels are matched but it sounds like you're already kind of doing that but i think that the rule zero conversation that we outline is actually missing a really key component and it's the fact that 
your experience really plays into how powerful your deck can be. Mm. Like, my Tornos deck in my hands is so much stronger than my Tornos deck in your hands, Walt. Because yeah. you never play with those archetypes. No. You've never played with a deck. And your experience with that style of play is a lot less than mine. Yeah. So it's more powerful in my hands. Even though it's the exact same deck, mm. if we were to use that terrible number scale, it would get bumped up a little bit. Yeah, it totally would. I actually think, I've, I've thought about this before, I do think our typical rule zero template is missing this mm. question, which is how much commander have you played? Because you can give all of those great things we normally outline in rule zero, like, you know, how my deck wins, how efficiently it does it, how it's stopping you from winning. But if we outline all of those things, land at a really good spot, but neglect to mention the fact that three players at the table are brand new to commander. Yeah. And one of them is me who has played a lot of commander. That's going to be an uneven part. That's pub stomping. basically. Yeah. Um, I think we officially change our rule zero template. Add an extra question. Add the fourth question of how much experience have I got? Yeah, yeah. totally. And I, I would say as well, build a worse deck. Like my yeah, straight up, play a worse deck yeah. in your pod. I my humans deck, I quite specifically set out to build a deck that just didn't do a lot. <laughs> it still can win, and it's not like I've intentionally built a like win conless deck or anything. Yeah, it's just inefficient, and it plays kind of bad cards. And um, it's really fun because I can optimize the crap out of it while it be is still bad and yeah. I can play it and get to make all these different choices but when the choices don't matter and don't have much of an impact I don't affect the board that much and I don't tend to pub stomp with it yeah I actually have a really great example recently um playing at the local game store I got our community our community group that we're a part of has like the pre-constructed decks the ones that were like the starter commander decks, I think they were called. They were called, yeah, starter commander decks. I think they were released last year now. Or yeah, early really low-powered. Like, yeah. very, very dumbed-down kind of abilities to yeah. make sure that they're very easy to understand. Yeah. Um, but very specifically lower-tiered precons than, for example, the Mishra precon from yeah. the Brothers War. And mechanically so. much simpler, too. Yeah. So great for new players. Fantastic for new players. I wasn't specifically playing with new players. I was just playing in a pod where all of my decks were too powerful for that table. Mm -hmm. And also, even if I did choose my lowest power deck, in my opinion, my experience at the table outdid pretty much everybody. And I was right. actually with someone else at the time that I knew had more experience than me. Mm. And I also thought that their decks were way too powerful. Yeah. So both me and this person were like, let's go and get these pre-constructed decks. And we both played super underpowered pre-cons, but our decision-making was still good enough to keep us in the game. Like right. we made the objectively best decision and threat assessed correctly, which made the deck that we were playing better because we were able to play it better, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, totally worth always having a pre-con ready to go mm. and like i'm not like saying like because the new commander masters pre-cons look ridiculous yeah, not those pre-cons not those pre-cons i'm saying like grab one of the 30 dollar 40 dollar pre-cons yeah from like the zendikar zendikar or, rising had some yeah. very like i have Oboon. Yeah, Oboon yeah. was a very, like, just low to the ground, like, just trying to do this one thing and doing it okay. Yeah, kind of thing. battle yeah. cruisery is how yeah. I would describe it. Yeah, higher mana curve, yeah. less less high impact spells. Yeah, pull out a precon, don't upgrade it as well. Yeah, just leave it as is. And it's like, it's honestly, even if you don't play it a lot, 
it's still good to have for those times when you sit down in a group and they're like, I want to play this kind of commander that's really low to the ground and yep. not interacting much. And you mm. go, okay, good thing I've got my boon deck. Yeah, totally. All totally. Right. 100% agree. Next question, uh, one from Nick. You're, oh, interesting. You're both on Ravnica. So we're setting the scene here. Okay. We're both on Ravnica, but you've been rejected from your guilds of choice. So I assume you've been kicked out of Slesnia Conclave. Or refused to join, maybe. Yeah, yeah and I'm kicked out of the Izzet League. I'm sure. sure. Yep. I, I'm literally wearing my Izzet necklace today. So <laughs> I, um, and the, the question is, do you join another guild? If so, which one? Or do you remain guildless? You must base it on the actual guild itself, not what colors you'd like to play. Ooh, law question. Yeah. I like it. I don't know almost anything about the magic law in general. It's a real travesty, given I'm a, like, creative... It makes no sense writer. to me that you're not interested in the law. I'm interested. I just... It's just a time thing, honestly. Yeah, that's there's, fair There's enough. so much law to catch up on. Um, so, knowing nothing in particular about the guilds, but looking at the vibe, I'm going to join the Boros League. Legion. I'm gonna go into battle. I'm gonna smack my axe into some losers, and I'm gonna tell them what much of a loser they are. And then I'm gonna come home, and I'm gonna have a beer. So you like the the Ravnican police bully? What's their police? Yeah, that's like the Boris Legion are like the police. So like you're gonna be like part of what? Yeah. No, no. I just want to punch. Pe- oh, that's ah. Um, I'll 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 be a freak. I'll join Simic. I'll just. <laughs> Just put a put a fucking fin on my back, <laughs> chuck me in the water. Um, I want my teeth sharpened, elongated. Just oh. let me just let me f- fuck it up in there, man. <laughs> just fuck it up in yeah. the swimming. Like that's that, like maybe the most I've sworn on this whole podcast. Yeah. Like seconds. <laughs> The funny thing about this whole thing is the Simic live in, like, these dank, dark areas. And I just like the idea that you get kicked out of this Selesnia garden. And you're like, well, the gutter it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning of the end for yeah. me, boys. Um, How about you? I feel like you'll have more of an informed yeah. answer to this question. If I've got kicked out of the Izzet League, I think I would be a great, like, person to get recruited by the Demir Guild. I think I would straight up be a spy. Wow. Like I, so this also works for just your colours, by the way. Yes, like, I'm going into from blue-red to blue-black. Which is which your is, favourite place to go after yes, blue-red. Yes, 100%. But straight up, you'd, you'd want to be a spy. For I would, League. 100%. I think that I would be a really valuable asset to the Demir Guild. Okay. Because, like, I mean, the is it steam vents and the, the, like, the lab research that the Izzet are doing mm-hmm. are potentially dangerous to Ravnica. And as an ex it guild member, I might be able to offer some, some like, maps to where wow. this stuff is happening. I wouldn't betray Niv. I, w- I would That's have to... That's even more spy-ish, Well, Niv no, like Niv's not even Well, Niv's not even agent or something. Yeah, Niv's not even the um, guild leader anymore, so no, no matter. He's, he's like... The guild the, pact. He became... Jesus on Ravnica. Yeah, big, big G. <laughs> big Look at G. him go. He's now called Niv Mizzet Supreme. He's got like a five-color Oh, that's right. Yeah, card. that was a cool card. Yeah, actually. I still want to build it. It Definitely. looks really fun. All right, nice. Um, next question. Ben asks, are combos more fun in quotation marks, for the table, <laughs> then combat. Mm. They stop one player dying and then spectating while the rest of the table lives on. Why are combos so hated? Oh, okay. I think, 
Look, I think you have to define combo here. Yeah. That's a super important thing to do right off the bat because we've said this before, like there are infinite combos and then there are just combos because you can build a combo deck that does not go infinite. So like- Com Combo means combination. That's what, yeah. like combo is short for the word combining two cards to make them do something or three cards, four cards. Right? Yeah. It's also a a um, whole archetype that we talk about in 60 card formats, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about aggro, mid-range, control and combo because sometimes combo and control are used inter interchangeably but combo is like an archetype of a deck yep. because trying to find the right combinations of cards to use together doesn't necessarily mean going infinite it just means you want to find those cards so like in commander um technically deploy to the front makes a 1-1 soldier for every creature on the battlefield, and then Craterhoof Behemoth. Oh, Jesus, yeah. That's, that's a combo, right? Or you could use the new white one from Commander Masters. Oh, uh, the new <laughs> Craterhoof, the flying one. Yeah, yeah, which is also pretty sweet. But, like, that ends the game, and it's a combination of cards that's ended the game, but it's not an infinite it combo. It doesn't go infinite, no. No. So, look, I'll actually say, for both of those categories, whether it's infinite or not, I just don't like combos very much i especially don't like two card combos but the the reason i don't like them is i don't like when a combo like goes off and it feels like it invalidates all of the game actions that have happened before that so yeah okay the the key one here is like i enjoy combat i enjoy that in the sorts of games that i'm in it's important to think about how you're going to attack how you're going to block how much life you're willing to lose how much life your opponents are on mm. i like Who's the biggest threat? Who's Who do the biggest I swing threat? at now? I like that that is a really key resource you have to apply in Commander. You have to be aware of it and monitoring it. Mm. And I don't like that so many combos that we see in our format just doesn't matter what all of those combat steps looked like before then. Because it's like, cool, all my um, creatures are 2020s. I just swing them all. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many things you have to block. It's just like, I win. So I, I, I don't like combos for that reason I, and that's why so the question that i'm specifically answering i guess here is why are combos so hated for me it's because it makes the rest of my deck and the rest of the choices i made feel like they didn't matter i 100 percent agree with you on the combos that come out of nowhere ex like specifically are ones that make you feel terrible mm -hmm. and that's why i think they're hated in commander yeah um However, I like combos. I play a lot of combos. You do. Um, I literally... And I'm fine with it, by the way. I want to I go on a limb. Yeah. I don't love to see them. I'm, that's not to say that I have hated every single one I've seen. And also... And, you... like, not to say that I don't enjoy the ones that you play. Because, well, we'll go into it in a sec when you describe some of the combos you play. But well, the other thing is, like, you just might not want to build that, but you're fine to go up against it. It just might not be mm. something that you want to play and pilot, but you're fine to see it. Across the table. Well, I don't love seeing it across the table okay. either. Right. So I wouldn't say that. But it's it's more about... Well, you're probably about to go into it, but like yeah. how com convoluted the combo is can take the sting off, right? That's exactly what you, I was going to say. You yeah. don't play, aside from your CDH deck, which we're not including here. That's literally Niv-Mizzet plus Curiosity is an instant yeah. win. But it's CDH. It's, CDH. it's different. It's completely different. We're not talking about it in that regard. Yeah. Um, you play... You have taken out almost all of the two-card infinite combos that I'm aware of in all of your decks. I don't think you yep. have almost any left. Yep. You do still have several decks that have an infinite combo in them. Most of them require, like, three or more cards. Yeah. You can see them coming a lot more, mm -hmm. and they're in decks where you can't defend the combo very well. Yeah, so the deck that I'm going to use as my example here is my new Tornos um, Urza's Apprentice deck. It's a 
copy artifact, a copy triggered or activated ability from an artifact by paying blue and a red and tapping Tornos. Yeah. It's wild. Tornos is a card that says, I'm, I need another card to combine with, yeah. to combo with, to make it work. Sure. So essentially the deck is just full of little combo pieces. Yeah. I love being able to put together different things and make them work in interesting ways. I do have an infinite combo in that deck, which I, to be honest, didn't realize was in the deck until I piloted it um, and realized that with Magistrate Scepter, mm-hmm. if I put enough turns on the stack and I have enough mana, a Magistrate Scepter, by the way, is a weird charge counter artifact that you charge up and then you remove three counters from it, you take an extra turn. But if you copy it with Tornos and then copy it again by untapping Tornos and copying a third time, yeah. there is a position where you can get to where you can generate enough mana and enough turns to play out the rest of your deck and just win with infinite turns. Yeah. The only thing that I kind of don't like in that deck is that sometimes it's easy to get off, especially if I have like core tapper, which can sacrifice and speed me into it. Yeah. Um, I highlight it really clearly in rule zero conversations, Mm -hmm. but it's a combo that you can see coming. Yeah. It requires like, you need to have the magistrate scepter. You need to have your commander. You need to have, at least a couple of ways to either get more copies of the ability yeah. on the stack or add more charge counters to Magistrate yeah. Scepter. Like, there's a few pieces involved. And also, if I have the bare minimum of it, all I'm going to do is spin my wheels for ages until I can win. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that for the sake of it's not good for me because I'll lose if I do it because someone mm. will be like, James is the threat. Yeah. Um, I am fine with those combos in my deck because I feel like they're easily to play around. Mm. The other thing is the deck does fucking nothing outside of comboing. <laughs> it yeah. like it needs to combo with something to make something cool happen. Yeah. So like I have like Brutoclad in the deck, for example, mm. but not a lot of token generators. Yeah. So I need a card like I don't know, Mimic Vat, for example, yeah. and then make a token copy of something, but copy that ability with Tornos mm. to make two token copies of a thing to then have Brutoclad make four token copies of the thing. Yeah. It's like four cards, that five cards in that situation that are required to help me win the game. I love doing that mm. because it stretches my magic brain to be like, how can I get these cards to work? Yeah. Because if I don't figure that out, I don't win the game. Mm. That's what I really love about combos, for me anyway. It's... I need to put the pieces together correctly because if I don't, I lose. Mm. So it's like, I don't know, it's like disarming a bomb for oh, me. It's okay. like this really like high intensity. Race like, against time. I need to figure it out because my opponents are going to kill me. Yeah. I have no blockers. Yeah. I think my Tornos deck is a great example of a deck that is like purely a combo deck that is not very feel bad to play against. I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and say like, I am almost always happy to play against your Tornos deck yep. because you can see the things coming. So I think there's, there's two aspects to this for me. There's the fact that having more cards in the combo just takes the sting out of losing to it a bit more. If it's the like, player has to work for it. They've earned they, it. They earn it. There's yeah. definitely an aspect of like, oh, I see you earned that. Like you mm. had to put all these pieces together in the right sequence and, and protect the them. And, <laughs> yeah. Like that is definitely a factor. Yeah. But also it doesn't feel as though it invalidates the game actions that happened before so much because it's like, well, actually I've had several opportunities where I could have stopped this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like it feels I like should have seen that as a threat earlier. It feels like it becomes a more embedded aspect of the community game mm. it's not because this is the, the my experience playing against infinite combos is it feels like it goes like commander game commander game commander game commander game something else 
You know what yeah, I mean? It, and it, it makes like everything that you've done feel like it was for nothing. And it feels like it sits outside the game. It's yeah. like, is, did that even just happen? Like, yeah. it's like a completely different event. Whereas when it's embedded in the actions that have come before it, like, you know, you've resolved Tornos. You've like put the charge counters thing on the table and we've and all gone like, crap, we've got to get rid of that. We have two turns to figure out a way out of this. Yeah, like you've like, like untapped Tornos a few times. You've like found the charge counters thing. And then you're like, guys, I think I have it. It's like, that feels embedded in the experience mm. of the game in a way that a random infinite doesn't feel like it is. Yeah, my Tornos list, by the way, is currently, at the time of recording, it's not fully up to date mm -hmm. um, in my Moxfield list, but I've made a lot of edits and taken out a lot of the ways to, like, I've taken out um, tutors, mm -hmm. which is a big part of That's it. That's a big one. Makes it a lot less efficient and, like, doing the combo thing all the time. Yeah. Because then I have to make two sides of a combo that don't combo with them with each other they're like yeah. two halves of two different combos i have to figure out how to make that work mm. check out my tornos list i actually think it's a really good way to see combo in a deck archetype yeah. that isn't like niv music curiosity win the game i agree i would also recommend just just specifically off the back of what you just said i recommend checking out the card draw versus shooters episode yeah where we talked a lot about the consistency of a deck and how sometimes you don't need consistency and it's better to go without it like you just talked about yeah so recommend checking that out um we've got another question here this one was actually received mostly in person so this wasn't sent to us but i just wanted to address it because people have been asking yeah um people asked us how was command fest yeah, so, we had a lot of people ask about this. Yeah, so we recently, or probably like a month ago at the time of recording this, we went to Command Fest Melbourne that happened at Coburg Town Hall. Hosted by our friends at Good Games Australia. Yep, yep. It was really cool to see them. They very generously um, comped us into the event. So huge shout out to Good Games Australia for being so generous and getting us in there. Um, we got to talk to a bunch of people there. Um, yep. Hopefully some exciting developments with Good Games moving forwards. It was really cool to meet them and talk to them. Yeah, shout out to everyone that works at Good Games in Greensboro firstly at our local game yeah, store yeah that's our home and at good games australia up in sydney you yeah. guys are all incredible and put on an amazing event yeah so how how was it it was sick i loved it this yeah. was like our like first big commander meetup. i guess yeah. we've had like commander events that we've run and mm. we've done in our own local game store but this was massive it was like 250 300 people in a room oh yeah it, it was, was insane it, it was a hall and it was full of specifically commander players like yeah. we, we've been in full game stores before and we've been even in full game stores where there were all commander players on some of our bigger commander nights that yeah. we've had but like yeah in terms of the pure scale of it it's like you know a drop in the ocean next to the number of players who were in this room it was sick and i love i loved going um as a player but I have to admit, I I was over the moon to go as like a content creator. Yeah. We sat down, like our objective going was to promote what we do on the podcast and try it. We had some flyers of yeah. the podcast that we gave out. If you want one of these flyers, by the way, they're very cool. They've got like the comic book art with the little 25 cent sticker on yeah, them. The, and... the full art as well. So yeah. the, the, the thing we don't talk about very often is our album art is actually a cropped version where everything's been sort of cheated in a bit to make it into a square. Yeah. There is a full comic book shape uh, art that we have and yep. we have copies of them so if you ever want to chuck one on your wall or put one I know I've seen someone put it in the front of their binder which I really appreciate by the That's way that so cool. is so sweet of you to shout us out in that way but if you want a copy of it we have them we bring them to most of the places we go so we're yep. happy to give them out to you yeah 100% but like our goal was to, to go and promote what we do and yeah, try and, just, and meet more commander players yeah. as well like, like people in our play group and then a lot of people who are not well we sat down and we played a game with these amazing dudes we went out for lunch with them 
yeah. like like after our game we had such a great time we were like hey do you want to go and get lunch and then come back yeah um so we went out and had lunch with them and it was weird both of them were like mirrors of us which was bizarre yeah they had like also a really close bond over commander it was kind of yeah. sweet yeah and one was a vegan and one was not and it, yeah. was, it was just like weird things that were happening but it was yeah. very cute but the the, the fact that we were sat down in that game and I have to say it was bizarre to sit down and someone next to us who we didn't know who was from mm. Sydney, Australia, which by the way, yeah, Walt goes up there to do some creative stuff every now and then. I've been to Sydney twice in my entire life. Yeah, we don't know anybody up there. No, turned around and said, are you Walt and James? Yeah. And we were like... Yeah, we are. That's um, we, we got like reverse starstruck. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> we're you like, know who we are. You know who we are. <laughs> it was really good fun. And look, honestly, I my whole goal with the podcast and you know the context with the community group mm. and the 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 non for profit that I made around the community group. My whole goal with this stuff is to make Commander a prevalent part of Australian, like, you know, or make Commander in Australia so prevalent in the world of Commander that Wizards of the Coast can't ignore Australia as a market. Yeah, because it feels a bit like they do that at the moment. Yeah, yeah they they 100% support us. We, like, we have regional promos. Yeah. We have, you know, we've got Command Fest now through Good Games Australia. That's so exciting. Yeah. Um, but, like, Spain just had MagicCon. Mm. where's our melbourne magic con i yeah. think it would happen like pax australia we did an exhibit at pax we had like a room for two hours yeah and we just put like free commander gameplay come play with us yeah and we had like 60 to 70 people rock up with no advertising no yeah. flyers the, no banners the, the really like rewarding thing about pax and then at command fest recently was just the confirmation of what we already knew which is that commander is huge it's massive and commander in australia is huge yeah. and it's just that no one's really like talking about it at the moment so it was cool to be to feel like we were in the thick of it yeah and to feel like it um is like a really valid way to play that like people mm. appreciate like you know wizards of the coast in conjunction with good games australia put on that event and it was a command fest you yeah. know it was just about commander and they filled the room so yeah. i hope that the the signal that's going out there is like commander in melbourne is big and like it deserves more support yeah i did love the little things that they did where they gave everybody like an axe or a bow when uh, they, came they had these announcements where they said like yeah. everyone with an axe in your game you make a food token and your creature fights another creature like it was like game actions it was fun and it was like put on the stack above everything else yeah. and you had to resolve it no matter what was happening it was fun it was bizarre. And then also, like, just the amount of, like, random stuff that was going on around it. There was, like, Mystery Booster Sealed events. There yep. was Lord of the Rings draft. Mm -hmm. They did so much good stuff. It and was cool. I want them to do more of it. And yeah. if we can be a help in any way and be a part of it, host, yeah. do whatever, like, we'll very much we'll volunteer our time. And we'll be there, by the way. So if Oh, you, regardless. If, yeah. if there's an event happening in Melbourne that's a big commander event... One, let us know. Yeah. Because we might not have heard of it because this one came out of the blue a bit for us. Yeah. And two, if you think like, oh, I wonder if Get Command will be there, we will. Yeah, like, we'll be there. If we can, we will be there. Uh, there is actually another CDH tournament. I think it's in September. Okay. Um, it's going to be hosted by a Discord server called Rad Nauseam, which uh, I love the name of that Discord server. Great name. Um, shout out to Moop, um, who runs that server and cool. the first Dockside debacle champion in Australia. Um, I will also be competing in that as well. Ooh. So if you guys want to see me play Niv Mizzet Perun Control Combo, you can come check it out there. Definitely That's do it. That's plenty of games in the city. In nice. Melbourne. 
Well, that was a, a long one. Let's let's get to the next question. Sure. Uh, this one comes to us from Adam. Uh-huh. Adam asks us if we could dismantle one of each other's decks, oh. which deck would you choose? Oh no! Funny side story. Mm-hmm. Walt before Command Fest, Walt messaged me and said, "Hey, which one of these decks should I cut?" And just sent me a list of decks. I actually included more than this, but you missed the detail. I, I said totally to you, misread this message. I said to you, "I'm working out which." <laughs> decks to take to command fest which of these doesn't make the cut and then sent him a list of decks and james thought i was asking him i want to disassemble one of these decks which should i pick and they were like some of his best decks yeah and I was like, my favorites no! um that just funny little side story yes Me um, misreading your message so i've thought about this one before yeah um this is just like an easy one because i never see you pull it out gishath your yeah, right. d- dinosaur type deck it just like it's fun to s- play against it it's like got some janky cards in there that i appreciate there's but, also like, it's a fairy's protection in there as well it's such a random wild. place for it but yeah it's just a deck that i never see you like reach for like sometimes you're like i guess i'll play dinos and it's like i don't yeah i, I just feel like it's not a deck you're drawn to right. for that reason i hope you get rid of it i yeah i think that it's probably one of the decks that either needs some tender love and care from me or mm. to be disassembled yeah um and it could be making home for a n- new naya deck maybe yeah. maybe the next Ixalan set will give us some dinosaur types oh, yeah. that make it different i maybe. don't know mm. but yeah gishath is not there for me at the moment mm. it sits in the box a lot but um for you I've thought about this as well, and I actually... We have a whole episode where we talk about every single one of your decks. Yes. And I tiered them. and made my own assessment. If I had to say you had to disassemble one, I would ask you to disassemble Wart, the Raid Mother. That's fair. This was in both of our bottom tiers of my decks, because... Yeah, it's just like sits at a weird power. Well, for me, it's at a weird power level. And for, for, the reason I'm asking you to disassemble it for this question is you never look like you enjoy playing it. You mm. look stressed, confused, and anxious yeah. when you play it. There's so much going on in that deck, and it spins its wheels until it possibly 50-50 chance gets to a win con. It's very... It's like the classic glass cannon. I've said this yeah. a few times before, and so, yeah, when it works, it works. It's great. When yeah. it doesn't work, I do nothing. And Shout doing out to nothing, the glass cannon episode. <laughs> yeah, when you do nothing in an episode, it's not so good. Yeah, I yeah. think it's either Wart or... And I hate saying this, it could be Azor, the Lawbringer. Whoa. Which I know, I know. That's like the first Commander deck ever. The first games of Commander we ever played were probably with Azor, the Lawbringer. Look, the reason why I think that that could be disassembled is it could be rebuilt with Azor in the 99 and it could make a new casual deck that you like playing. Because this is a deck that's like high powered for you it's very you've spent the most amount of money on this deck it's got a lot of really strong combos in it a lot of synergy pieces um that just go bananas if they're on the battlefield together Mm. um there's one infinite in there where you kill yourself on the stack which i love it's the only infinite combo yeah draw my whole deck i can't stop it i die Um, but yeah, if you were to disassemble that and rebuild it, maybe, I don't know, like a Sphinx type deck, like you could do like a Azorius Flyers build and have Azor in there. That's fun. I think, and and I probably, you would be able to then go, right, I'll take out all of these incredible cards that I've paid a lot of money for. 
sell those, trade them, and yeah. make a new deck that I like to play a lot. Because you don't play that a lot either. No, I don't get to pull it out very often. It, it does sit at that awkward power level. Like, mm. it's high-powered, but not that high-powered. So it's like, yeah, it can come out at the high-powered pods, but then sometimes it's not good enough. Mm. Sometimes it's too good. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. it, it hurts, hurts to me to say. But yeah, yeah, but I, I respect that a lot. Yeah. All right. We've got one more question mm-hmm. for this incredible first part of our Q&A. Yes. Um, this one's from Jordan. Uh, Commander is a constantly evolving format, and as a result, sometimes once-in-demand cards gradually fall out of favor. And he lists an example here. Example 3CMC Mana Rocks, like yep. Manalith and stuff. Totally. Um, the question is, what cards do you think will fall off, or what kind of cards do you think are next to fall off? Ah. Interesting so question. If we're thinking about... Yeah, this is like a... a you know, an in- introspective look at the format. Like, where are we going as a Where's format? Where's the format going and what's going to be left behind in the dust? I think it's already starting, but I think creature-based board wipes are becoming kind of played less and less and less essential to building a deck because people are mostly playing mm. targeted removal. Well, I mean, a big highlight from the command zone template yeah they, they updated their template they used to have like five and now they say two to three which is yeah. what we recommend yeah they they went down from they went down on mass removal and went up quite substantially on targeted removal mm. which honestly reflects just where i feel the format is at at the moment mostly people are playing big bombs that you have to remove but also and board tar- wipes are just slowing the game too much and and not often what you want to be doing because most of us have creatures we want to keep yeah also with the type of cards wizards are printing for our format yeah like they they're printing big bombs and these creatures that yeah. turn a game on its head, but you don't want to remove everything. You just want to remove that thing. Yeah. And also, I'm happy about that, by the mm. way, because I think board wipes do generally slow down games. And so it's okay to have them. They should be in the format. They should be answers for some of the board states we get up ourselves up into. We shouldn't be playing two to three a game. They make the game way too long. I'd agree. I think, though, the card we might see on the uptick, and I've seen in the, the pre-cons they've printed, this has been ha- happening more and more. I think we'll see more and more artifact hate. Ooh, specifically stuff yeah. like treasures. And I think that's a good thing, because treasures are kind of busted at the moment. Mana rocks, in general, are a little bit of a iffy thing about removing them. More but Disciple like, of the Vault type cards? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or, like, I mean, I've talked about it in my... I don't, ironically, my Walt the Raid Mother deck, yeah. but um, Sardian Avenger, the card that pink... Deals damage to people when they sack artifacts or when yeah. artifacts are put into their graveyard. Love that as an idea. It also gets buffed by the amount of artifacts your opponents control yeah, as well when it's period. Swings. And it's, it's got first strike and trample. Insane. So if there's like 10 artifacts on your opponent's board, it's like, cool, I swing this 10 one with first strike and trample. At Block you. that, you coward. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree you with you. I mm-hmm. think that the board wipe thing is, is super interesting i think that yes i think board wipes are still going to be in the format there'll just be less of them i also think that considering we're just getting objectively better board wipes in all versions like for example farewell uh it's just oh yeah strictly better merciless eviction yeah yeah, it's just strictly better merciless eviction in mono white so Mm. now it goes in so many more decks every deck um i think for me i think that the format is getting more efficient Okay. Um, and I think as a result of that, we'll see people playing less ramp. Oh. The other thing that I think we'll see, and especially because this podcast talks about Sam Black nearly every chance it gets, <laughs> um, Sam Black 
has made a very clear argument. We've talked about this a million times, but playing lower mana curves and more efficient low drops in your deck make for more efficient gameplay. And specifically moving away from rocks as well, mana rocks. Yeah, and I think we're going to see people kind of pick that up and see that philosophy more and more because the other thing is wizards are just printing more efficient effects of the same thing that already exists. Like Mm. Thrashing Brontodon used to be like the creature that sacked and killed things. Now we just have another version of that, yeah, which is like one, mana, one mana cheaper. There's ones at flash speed now, yeah. like the Cathar Commando. Cathar Commando. There's even the the one that exiles a non-creature artifact. Yep. That card's really, really that's sick. That's the Phyrexian one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, hey, why am I? Hey, why am I? Yeah. There's a bunch of these, and I think it's it's if it's interesting that all of them are becoming not more powerful in their effects, but more efficient in the effect that they're doing, and how much mana you're spending to get exactly it. Yeah. like the so efficiency. The curves are just going to keep on creeping down, creeping down. And I think as a result of that, people will probably not need to play the ten ramp that our template recommends. Yeah. And I think eventually we're probably going to have to change our template to be like, all right. 8 plus ramp. Yeah. I mean, I'm honestly, some of the decks I've built recently are already kind of there. Me too. My Tornos deck is one of them. Yeah. They're just more interactive. Yep. You just have more stuff to do. Yeah. No, mm. I'm with you. It's interesting. Interesting. Well, we've answered a lot of your questions, but the green light is still blinking. So I reckon we'll be back next week to answer more questions for you. So yeah. Space Commanders awaiting, awaiting further, further information. information. <laughs> because we still have so many more questions we do and also like yeah you guys spammed us questions and are still spamming us questions if we don't answer your question in these next two like the next episode and if we didn't get to it in this one we're sorry we love you we'll talk to you on discord yeah we'll sign up to the patreon get into the exclusive channel we'll start putting them aside for the next time we do this because it's only a matter of time so we'll be at episode 100 in no time at all it's true well to you listeners out there do you feel commanded what do you think of our answers and is there anything you disagree with? Mm, what do you think's happening in the format? Mm. Mm. Uh, you can get in touch with us by adding us on Twitter, sending us an email, or joining our Discord server. That's probably the best way to do it, to mm-hmm. chat with us and other members of our playgroup. Definitely the best way to get in touch with us. And you can also leave us a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast on. So specifically, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can't do it on Google Podcasts. They stink. Stupid. Um, so <laughs> if you listen on Google Podcasts, just tell all your friends about yeah, us. Yeah, do that anyway. Yeah. Um, and also, don't forget to check out the Patreon page, because clearly, I mean, we got... I know we had one question about video content, but we have had other questions about merch, yeah. about other things that you guys want from us, specifically. Yeah. And if you want to see it happen, support us on Patreon, because mm. the, the more support we get, the more likely it is that we are able, not like... It's not that we don't want to, it's that we're not able to. Yeah. Um, and to make that happen, there's no better way to support us than on Patreon. So we'd like to specifically thank Stella Tam and also Fuzzy for supporting us on Patreon. And also make a very special shout out to Fletcher Cutting for supporting us in the Space Commander tier. You are the best. It's true. You and guys also, rock. Yeah. And you know who else rocks? Who? Palms Off Gaming. That's true. Uh, they also sponsor this podcast. They create fantastic boxes, sleeves, binders, all the sick gaming accessories that you need to protect your cards so you can check them out at pinesoffgaming.com.au yep and that's all we have time for I know it is tradition to planeswalk here yeah are we planeswalking to the world of music to the world of music yeah something that I've been recently doing is picking up my guitar a little bit more often 
Um, That's great to hear. Yeah, it honestly was so out of tune when I picked it up. <laughs> um, it was like... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. Uh, but it's all tuned up now, and I've actually started getting my fingers harder again. Uh. Um, we actually have, this afternoon, um, after we finish recording this podcast, we have like a little group. We call it the Creative Catch-Up Group. Yep. Um, and I'm going to bring my guitar to that Creative Catch-Up oh, Group. Great. I'm going to do a little bit of songwriting, because I feel like... I don't do enough creative stuff outside of this podcast, to be honest. And yeah. I see all the work that you do with your theatre stuff. And I'm, and honestly, it was a planeswalk like two weeks ago, I think. And you said, hang on, no, you are a creative. You're a musician, yeah. James. And I think that I need to respect that I am a musician more. So yeah. I've recently been learning a song called Thank You and Good Night by Tonight Alive. Oh, yeah. Um, it's a really, like, upbeat pop, pop punk song with Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 on it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Um, some challenging chords in there for me because I'm not that great of a guitarist. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I just kind of wanted to planeswalk to there because that's what I've been doing in my spare time the yeah. last couple of weeks. But kind of wanted to add a little bit of a hidden message. If you've got a hobby that you've been neglecting, Pick it up. Yeah. It makes you feel so good. I genuinely, I like literally played for probably like 45 minutes the other day on the guitar and just doing 45 minutes was enough to make me go, hey, I still got it. Yeah. Especially if it's something creative that you've neglected in a while. Just try it again. You'll have much more fun than you expect you will. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Well, that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Or most likely the same transmission again. (laughs) And more questions from you, Commander Players. So we'll see you then. Goodbye, Commander Players.